0: Live with Lynn Manuel Miranda is over, but we're just getting started here on the SNL recap here on post show recaps. And now, here are the two guys who hopefully won't have to apologize
1: about too many things. I'm Rob Sisterino, here is Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? I'm good, I'm very good. I'm still exhausted from last night's show. Whoo, good stuff! <laughs> You're exhausted. Why are exhausted? Yeah, why? A lot of energy. It was, a, it was a very, you know, whether things worked or didn't work, it was a very high energy show. And that is my favorite. I mean, obviously, I always want the show to be as funny as possible, and it can't always be. But I love a good high energy show. And I feel like that they uh, they did not disappoint from the cold open through the monologue. Uh, a lot of music, a lot of, lot of energy. So, uh, you know, they really put the live in Saturday Night Live last night, which I'm very happy about.
0: See, I thought you were going to say that you went to some crazy cast party after the show was over. Some uh, (laughs) like uh, middle school uh, uh, after theater rap party.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mm. So we're going to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Plus, James Keast is going to be here with us to talk about 21 pilots and their work this weekend on SNL. And much, much more. We're going to take your questions as well here live on Post Show Recaps. Hashtag. PS recaps as we are getting ready to go. And of course, uh, this is now what the second of maybe three live
1: episodes in a row here in SNL season 42 no unprecedentedly the second of four Whoa. live episodes I didn't say unprecedented but very rare and I'm sure switched up we're going to get Emily Blunt next week and then we're going to get Tom Hanks in two weeks uh, I'm sure this is just like we got to get we have we have the window on Trump we need to maximize as much Trump cold opens as we can so I'm sure this was not the original plan but they've they've jiggered their schedule and so we're Uh, second of four okay
0: so we'll have shows then the 15th the 22nd as well but interestingly that no show the 29th or the 5th the two weeks leading up to the election right right they'll take the break there which makes sense all right so all right uh let's let's dive into this of course uh so much talk all week long about alec baldwin and his donald trump impression and then Of course, SNL really had to go back and probably do some rewriting come Friday afternoon. Rich, I saw on your Facebook that you said, "Okay, maybe Beck Bennett needs to work on a Billy Bush impression. And uh, SNL did not disappoint in terms of dealing with the latest political scandal.
1: Yeah. Weekend update guru Josh Padden uh, tweeted a photo. He said, here's a behind the scenes look at all of the jokes we wrote Monday through Thursday. And it was a picture of his trash can and uh, and really appropriate. I mean, again, you know, of course, we're not going to get into politics here because far be it for me to talk politics. But let's say, you know, what amazing boon for SNL, because normally something breaks on Monday or Tuesday. By the time SNL gets a crack at it, Colbert's done it. Uh, Seth, Myers has done it. Jimmy Fallon has done it. Uh, you know all the Samantha B has done it. Maybe even John Oliver. Friday night post taping of all the the late night shows. Most of them actually tape on Thursdays. Anyway, uh, it was all theirs. They got to throw everything out. We get to see what obviously was the cold open, which was the vice presidential debate, which we start with little bit weird, where they're showing it as a replay, so they can justify why they would be cutting into it. Uh, you know, certainly you got to feel bad for Mikey Day and Melissa Villaseñor, who uh, you know were the open the you know with Beck Bennett were going to be opening SNL and probably were going to scream live from New York a Saturday night, and were probably feeling pretty great about themselves Friday afternoon until this breaks, and then you know at least they got a nice nod that they they uh, they did have a couple of funny jokes in the beginning. And kept that before uh, throwing it over to Trump. Yeah,
0: Rich, what did you think about breaking the fourth wall? Where uh, that? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the uh, the new featured player's uh, name down. Yeah, yet. Melissa Villaseñor. Yeah, With yeah. All due respect to Johnny De Silvera I do not have her name down uh, yet, but she did get to break the fourth wall and talk about being the moderator in the sketch.
1: Yes, as as the first uh, as the first Latino uh, female, she's playing an Asian moderator because baby steps, which I thought was a great I I like that they're calling this out you know, just because they've hired you know, more African Americans doesn't mean diversity is not an issue. I love that they call it out. They probably, especially when there wasn't this Trump piece, they probably thought, you know, that they might get flack for not, you know, they don't have an Asian American. Uh, Yeah, I thought the beginning before tossing it, there was a lot of funny in there. I thought there was a lot of cute. It just was like, really? We're talking about this when this amazing thing happened. I think that they kept it in a because they had some funny jokes they wanted to play out but b a little bait and switch like to keep the audience going wait they are going to talk about this trump thing right and then sure enough we break into to the bet
0: not to mention they probably already had the set built and everything like that so
1: all right so uh, then we go into trump now the news
0: anchor that cecily was playing was that a an actual news anchor Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to
1: remember if she was doing Brooke Baldwin. I think she was doing Brooke Baldwin, who is she's not doing a Brooke Baldwin impression. She's just being her being Cecily and uh, and just using that name. But yes, I think she was doing Brooke. Okay,
0: and so then we go right into the Alec Baldwin Trump uh, talking about this, this whole thing. All right. So, uh, Richard, did you have any standout moments from this?
1: So many. I mean, and I will say this sort of taking the step back. We discussed it a little bit last week, but I want to hit it here again, which is every week uh, last year when there was a Trump cold open, we would always say – The real life events are so crazy. How does a comedy show make fun of something that's inherently funny? And last year they struggled with it so much. The Last week we got a great uh, debate thing. We got a little bit of a lift just from the fact that Alec Baldwin was new. But here was a case where they just decided to go the lowest common denominator and really go blue, go below the belt. And it worked perfectly it was great i thought everything about this i mean the the apologize was just a great bit of fun i love when he talked about that this was 10 years ago he was just a young childish 59 mm-hmm. uh you know all that stuff was great but but nothing was greater than when brooke doesn't want to say the word and he just grabs the lapel and <laughs> says it and you know he's going to grab him by the p and but really says it you know crazy it's live tv crazy it says it but the idea that trump would just lean into it and talk about well i i'm not not just going to grab it and just goes through. I'm going to bop it and touch it and blah, 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 Yes, it's lowbrow. Yes, it's lowest common denominator. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> Loved every
0: minute of it. W- really great. One of my favorite parts was when Trump was talking about how, uh, but like what red blooded American doesn't want to look cool in front of Billy
1: <laughs> Bush. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Very funny. And then the, and then the great throwaway of like, how crazy is it that the only Bush that matters in this general election is Billy Bush? It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> very funny. And then so and then what about the the joke
0: of Trump doesn't realize he's not on microphone?
1: Yeah, oh. you know, silly, very, very silly. But they again, I you know, to do it. Yeah. If you're going to do it again, how do you top what really happened? You go really blue. So when he's talking about I wish I was that hurricane tearing through all that hot Miami. P and he doesn't say P like it was just like you you, you're gonna go there go there and Baldwin God bless him as an inveterate a-hole himself is not shying away he's not pulling punches he's not worried about his career he's just taking the shot and it was really fun to see him uh, really take that and then you know have to apologize again for that.
0: Yeah, it was very fun. I thought that the blocking was really a good job in terms of having him stand up for that to show like that yep. he knows that he's not still on the screen. Even just like the work he was doing with his hands uh was really incredible. He's so funny with his mouth and what he does with his mouth as the other person in the scene is talking. It almost yep. looks like he's gonna break sometimes during the moments where he's not talking because he's yeah. like uh keeps like he's trying to like <laughs> like he's doing like yeah all all yeah. The, i'm sure that didn't come through on this the podcast weird
1: pucker yeah exactly right and someone in uh, someone of our of our uh on twitter and i am um, i blanking i can't remember who we were discussing today was saying that the that he thought this was the worst trump impression uh and i disagree i i by a lot i mean i think this is a very inaccurate impression it is a highly characterized impression but i love it especially in the cold open this is what you need Big, over the top, lowbrow, in your face, high energy, great stuff. OK, so then
0: we go and we check in with Hillary and uh, Kate McKinnon at the party with the uh, celebrate music on, which I have to f- I-, I feel like that's a
1: little played out, Rich. Yeah, this was interesting because I thought this was a one note joke and we knew what the joke was going to be. As soon as they say we're tossing it to Hill, I already know what the joke is. You don't have to finish the word. So I was a little like, "Uh, really, this was such a strong. Why not just end it here? But again, the power of Kate McKinnon, you know, the writing was good. But the delivery, I mean, because it was just it really was effectively the same joke over and over again. I'm deeply saddened, but she's laughing. I did love when they're talking about what Trump said and she said. It's a sad day for all women. Minus one, like I thought that was really funny. Uh, you know, the reference to that she had to endure Mary J. Blige singing in her face all hour was great. Uh, so, you know, structurally they absolutely could have and and you know ended it after the first Trump piece. But Kate brought such an energy and fun to it uh, that it was really fun. I don't know that I would have gone back to Trump again. Uh, I think you could have ended it there. But uh, but I, I thought there were a lot of funny jokes there and the, his her little thing about to the to the women's uh, people the women. Still supporting Trump. Very funny. You crave. Yeah, your brain broke. Your brain broke.
0: I I also like that she's incorporated like the Hillary Clinton shimmy that she did during the first debate. And I think that's a sign we could tell when Kate McKinnon is really having fun with an impression. Sort of like when she would do Ruth Bader Ginsburg on Weekend Update. She also (laughs) had like. Some sort of like a yeah. shimmy that, that she was doing in between jokes. Uh, it goes back to like when Bill Hader used to do James Carville on yes. Weekend Update as well. The, yeah, yeah yes. there's it's like just, it, yeah. it's when they're yeah. really like in the zone, it's like they're like the movements are like syncing up
1: to the impression, too. It's, it's yes. really fun to yes. see. And when you find something that fun and that visceral and visual to sort of tap into, yes, she only did it once in real life. Yes, she didn't do it nearly that big, but it was just such a great and it gave her all these little the tongue sticking out the wink. It sort of gave her sort of an in to some bigger sort of pieces that were really funny. Okay, so, Rich, once again,
0: Alec Baldwin is saying live from New York, it's Saturday night, Uh, Night, but still uh, uh, in the Trump
1: voice. Just give me one side oh boy oh boy we have all this great energy why do you do that to lin Wynn Manuel Miranda do you not like him Did, did you did you not like Margot Robbie come on Alec you're taking all this great energy and you are flushing it down the comedic toilet it is so crazy momentum is a precious gift in comedy and you throw it away I don't understand why someone doesn't grab him and say Alec we love you but you gotta you gotta see it up or just give it to Kate you don't have to go back I know we're not gonna have Alec, you know, you know, for in inter- turn for indefinitely, but give it to Kate. Let Brooke let let uh, Cecily Strong do it. It was it killed me, killed Wait. me whose job would that be? Is that the director? Is that
0: Lorne? Is that somebody like one of the captains of the cast? Take Alec Baldwin
1: aside. Well, I think when you're at Alec level, it's Lorne Michaels, you know, you know, I don't see Steve Higgins or someone having the, the, the Gus, or maybe it's back channeled. Maybe he asked. maybe Lorne asked Tina Fey to say something to Alec. I hear that, you know, uh, you know, that there's not a lot of direct communication at the higher levels. Certainly no one in the cast has got the gravitas to say something like that uh but i i I think it's got to come from the top Uh, and and please somebody or maybe just you know what you don't have to say it just send alec a link to this podcast let him hear it from me alec i love you come on come (laughs) on kick it up yeah okay so
0: we go to our monologue with lin-manuel miranda and people have been going
1: goo goo gaga for lin-manuel's monologue Yeah, I love uh, on Twitter, AJ Mask asked, is this the best monologue song ever or the best monologue song ever? And uh, I, I, you know, I I wondered and I will I have a lot to say, but I'm wondering, Rob, I know you don't know Hamilton. Mm -hmm. How did this play for you? uh, based basically being about a song that you don't know. I thought it was very so so. Got it. Got it. Uh, And I can see that because it wasn't Uh, The funniest, this was basically written by Lin-Manuel Miranda with Streeter Seidel and uh, Josh Baylor, John Baylor. I'm screwing up uh, the other writer's name. Uh, I thought this was great energy and great performance. It wasn't necessarily that funny. If you know the song, Not Gonna Waste My Shot, it was so fun to see snl references be replaced by Hamilton, for you know replacing hamilton references but i wouldn't say that on its own i could imagine that it was particularly funny and it was good i watched
0: it a second time this morning as well because nicole had said that she had heard so much about it and she wanted to see it as well and she like myself is uh not a is a a very much a a hamilton virgin and it was you know the same similar
1: response of like oh okay that was good yeah it was also hard that completely understandably he's doing this amazing rapid fire pace, but he's clearly reading it. Not, he's not performing it to the camera. He's reading the cue cards which, of course, he has to. But I think you lose a little something there. But uh, I think it was such a great, you know, nod. I mean, basically, Lin-Manuel Miranda's his hosting shot gets over gets overshadowed by this amazing Trump thing that happens the night before. No one is going to be looking back and talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda three weeks from now other than Hamilton fans. So nice that you gave the Hamilton fans a great boost. Every Hamilton fan loved this. It was so fun to see, fun for him to do. He did it almost flawlessly on live TV. TV while running around the studio, while interacting with other people. So energy wise, I give it a 10. Comedy wise, it was fine. Yeah. Rich, what
0: do you think about the Trump moment when he stops at the Trump photo with all of the other recent hosts?
1: I loved it because I didn't see it coming. And the way that he incorporated it into the rap and the way that the payoff when he stopped himself was not I didn't sort of see the horn on it. I didn't know it was, oh, this is going to be a Trump joke. It was just like, bah, 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 boom, hit it. And uh, and it's great. I mean, it you know, obviously it was SNL that uh, that invited Donald Trump to be the host. So you've got a little bit of weirdness there. But I thought it was a very fun moment, uh, you know, at this point you're clearly preaching to the choir if i loved snl and i was a diehard trump supporter i might have felt like that was a little bit below the belt and a little personal uh but overall i thought it was very funny okay let's talk about our first live
0: sketch and so okay some interesting notes uh, first vanessa bayer sighting this
1: season Yes, it was like, oh, good. Vanessa's back. She's she's she hasn't been cast out of the show. And Kyle Mooney, who did not get a ton of screen time last week, uh, also getting some good screen time. Okay, but Rich, I think that a lot of people want to have some
0: questions. Uh, Two notes about the show from Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes uh, said uh, thumbs up. Twenty one pilots and WTF with this first sketch coming out of the open.
1: Now I have to assume based on nothing, and I'd love if our community, because uh, sometimes some of the gang goes to the dress, can tell us. I would bet a lot of money that it post update, a uh, post monologue was the wounded soldier sketch, the with with uh, with the butt plug sketch that that we saw at the end of the night. Big set, lot of production value, lot of major cast members, and the campfire sketch was at twelve fifty because this was the definite of a 1250 sketch and i just think that it played so well at dress that they just said you know what we're gonna screw it and flipped it and and put it here uh it and was bop it, it made and twist it yeah exactly a little bop and twist it they it made no sense whatsoever it was so bizarre i will say this Jen my wife Jen and I we laughed through the whole thing it was all performance it was not writing at all it was all performance it was so bizarre but just the singing of Footloose was so weird and creepy and uh so I I, I know uh I know this probably on paper deserves an a uh boy but uh made me giggle absolutely I was convinced made me giggle we were in a uh boy territory I know I know it should be I don't understand me that I thought this was so funny but boy I had a lot of fun with it I thought it was really fun they sang footloose uh they
0: were brother and sister Vanessa Bayer and Kyle Mooney then they got into Jack Nicholson
1: and Dame Judi Gench
2: impressions.
1: <laughs> it made absolutely no sense. There was no payoff. There was no why. There was no uh, th- nothing. It was just weird performance for the sake of performance. I thought Lin-Manuel sort of grounded the sketch well for what it was. Uh, and just them continuing to up the singing of Footloose in that weird accent and not even singing, but screaming it. Just super fun. Super yeah. fun. To me
0: what about lin manuel's turn at the end where he likes them
1: uh you su- kind of saw it coming uh n- nothing great for me uh you kind of saw that's probably where they were gonna go okay all right anything else on the campfire uh no great to just see the the you know who showed up for the cast and uh and i will i will say not too long also for a sketch like this they did keep it kind of short all
0: right rich let's talk about the crucible cast party And I would love to know your take on this one and whether or not it resonated for you.
1: I think the scary part is that the their take on a high school cast party was not that different from my experience with college cast parties. (laughs) They're actually very similar, maybe less Sprite uh, and and more uh, cheap uh, 30 packs of of Milwaukee's best beer and Stroh's. But uh, in in general, fairly on, uh, I thought this was fun. I definitely could have been shorter though. Uh, I, you know, it's hard because as soon as I see the women together, my brain immediately goes to doing it on a twin bed and we still haven't quite done something that's of the same level as do it on a twin bed. Uh, so, this was definitely fun. I liked a lot of the specifics in it, um, but I uh, but I don't know that I'll remember this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I
0: did see on Twitter people that are, you know, from this world, have this experience. They all loved it. Uh, but again, I'm not sure how much it played for people who did not have this experience.
1: Yeah. and uh, Aaron in the chat room saying this was a total flashback, uh, you know, you know, for uh, being a theater kid in high school. And I like the, the thing. If you're not normally watching SNL, you're watching it because Lin-Manuel Miranda is hosting. Almost by definition, you did you did theater in high school or college. So you are having this experience. There was one point when Cecily uh, uh, had... I'm sorry, Kate McKinnon had like old person uh, uh, makeup still on her face that made me laugh so hard, making making me think of my buddy uh, Chris at our, our Barnum uh, cast party. So, so this was written by theater geeks, not... By by comedy writers trying to guess what it must have been like to be a theater geek. Okay, let's get into
0: the next live sketch, which is about the substitute
1: teacher. And,
0: you know, I'm always a little nervous when these sketches start and it's the classroom and we bring in, Okay, here's your new teacher. I feel like that the success rate on these is pretty low. So I'm interested to know what you thought about this sketch where
1: Lin-Manuel is going to be. Am I supposed to call him Lin or Lin-Manuel? You know, let's just call him Lynn. I, I generally I, I I think he's I'm trying to remember. Is it when hyphenated? Seen it. it is hyphenated, but I'm trying to think. Uh, I think just Lynn, okay. I think. Oh, I'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. LMM. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. He comes in and he is a teacher
0: who uh, has been out to Hollywood. Uh, did not make it? But the kids have heard this story before
1: yeah I mean there was I, I didn't love this sketch I liked it but I didn't love it um, but what I did like about it was that sort of meta is it, it, it exactly what you said I was like wait is this Shallon or sh- like or in like oh this is you know I think this is the exact same set that we used to see uh, Gilly show up and cause trouble like we've seen every version of you know playing out the Lewis and Clark uh, going down the as mm-hmm. explorers from last season uh, so at least I liked like that like oh the Vanessa the, Bayer the, like hippie lady comes in this sketch yes the substitute poetry teacher uh we've seen it all uh so I at least like that this was fairly meta to that uh that like we've seen this guy a hundred times before uh and I thought Lynn did a, a very admirable job sort of keeping the energy up um you know The thing that makes me laugh is you've got like 35 year olds playing high school students and they're, you know, the the kids in the seats were mostly older than the guy who was playing the substitute teacher, uh, which was so sort of silly to me. But uh, but, you know, at least we kept it moving and uh, and the premise was not completely uh, been there, done that. Okay. Uh, did you like Leslie Jones as the teacher? Uh you know gave it good energy about the you know about the the con- that they which she they smell like hot pockets or <laughs> something. I thought that was very funny. You know, I think you know this is a case where Leslie Jones's energy that sort of artificial up over uh, over the top to 11 energy really works for us. Kind of kicked the sketch off with nice energy and then uh ended the sketch when we needed it. We need a little uh, boost and and I think she sort of brought it. Okay. Let's talk about the
0: pre-taped sketch uh uh, Kelly, Kellyanne Conway's day off.
1: Yeah, I think this was funny. I mean, I, you know, I will admit that I'm not enough of a news junkie to say that I've seen enough of Kellyanne Conway on Cable news shows defending Trump to have a visceral, oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, but I knew enough to buy into the premise that she's constantly stopping to having to defeat. I liked the build. I thought the structure of this pre-tape was nice that, you know, she's showing up with her groceries and then she's in a towel and he's, she's barely trying. I thought this was funny, probably more fun performance again than necessarily that it was the most writing thing, uh funny writing thing. Uh, I did also like that like each tweet that she has to defend is getting crazier and crazier uh, so that I would say it's gross to watch gay people eat pasta was one of his tweets and another one of his tweets is black people have one less toe than white people like at least I like that I thought that was very funny and that annoying Katrina and the wave song worked very well here sort of to keep us keep us laughing yeah I thought that
0: they probably did like two or three extra beats than they needed Needed to do. Like, I felt like we sort of got it after a while. And it was funny to get like half a note of the song and then have her back on CNN. But it probably was uh, more fun in terms of the premise than like needing to see the same thing play out like nine times.
1: Yeah, and this one definitely had to be a pre-tape because you needed that cut, cut, cut to do it live and get those little, you know, oh, we cut the camera three just half a second. We we would have been in, in a lot of pain. So I'm glad that they decided to do this as a pre-tape, not as a live sketch cutting back and forth between two, uh, two uh, sets. Although, Rich, did
0: you feel like that this lost any juice after the events of late in the week where... That, you know, the the media coverage is just 24 seven, like it's like uh, almost unimaginable that Kellyanne Conway would even be able to take a day off at the, at this point in time. <laughs> like it's almost like that, that, that with all of the things that we're talking about from earlier in the episode, it's almost uh, I feel like that this joke is kind of dated that we're talking about Twitter.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, and again, uh, you know, as we said, because I don't know what they're referring to. I haven't seen it viscerally. It was hard for me to lock into this. And I, I agree that at this point is Kellyanne Conway even going on the shows on Saturday to defend not this tweet, but this, you know, this this tape that came out, which was really interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, that as of today that they couldn't even uh, get her on any of the Sunday morning shows, they had to have Rudy Giuliani filling in on a bunch of the shows. <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's that's how tough it is for kellyanne conway all right yeah uh let's talk about our musical guest this week and let's bring in the great editor of exclaim magazine here he is james keist james how are you i'm well thanks how are you oh very good very good happy canadian thanksgiving thanks very much uh, am I supposed to say Canadian Thanksgiving or is that offensive? Is it just Thanksgiving?
2: No, no. We recognize that we're uh, doing this. We're jumping the gun on you guys. <laughs> That's uh, fine. It's because we want to get our Christmas shopping started early. So we just like we just bump Thanksgiving up. We just got to we got to get to it. Yeah. Well,
0: James, we talked on the show last week about how you were not super thrilled to see 21 pilots appearing on SNL This week, our uh, great friend of the show and host of many other poster recaps, Antonio Mazzaro, birthday boy, Antonio Mazzaro said, I would. uh, How many more pilots do 21 pilots need to be listenable? Uh, Says even (laughs) Sully couldn't save that disaster. I would rather watch 21 TV pilots that NBC passed on. (laughs) Is
2: Antonio in the wrong? Uh, He is. He is. Uh, I thought this was terrifically entertaining. And I know that you usually don't have me on to talk about the comedy sketches, but I thought this was a really hilarious sketch. I (laughs) thought uh, that this, this sort of faux SoCal ska punk band character that they've invented was very funny. Uh, I thought the, uh, the fact that they had like a shotgun cocking noise and then the bass player would do the motion on his bass was pretty funny. (laughs) But then later when the drummer did it with his drumsticks, I was on the floor. That was that killed me that bit.
0: Come on, that I look that I'm going to have Scott St. Pierre standing by to come in and defend 21 pilots.
2: No, this I'm telling you, I, I watched it three times. I enjoyed it so much. What
0: do you feel like they were legitimately trying to be funny? Uh, no.
2: Oh okay. All right. <laughs> uh I I thought the the drummer uh the drummer kind of reminded me of one of those uh monkey drummers that you that <laughs> you wind up. Uh, he was really but he was like it was two cranks too many. Uh, Also, by the way, I think Two Cranks Too Many is a better band name than 21 (laughs) Pilots, if they want to use that. What does it refer to, James?
1: I I think Two Cranks Too Many describes what we saw last night, but not for the reason you gave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It may also describe this podcast. Yes. (laughs) All right. So I will say for, I, I want to hear what
1: James thought of the music because music I thought it was fine, but visually I thought this was a deleted scene from the old Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> where the where they time travel to 2016 and Studio 8H, and it's it's those two guys performing in a kooky band.
2: It it did sort of seem that way. Uh, I the, even the fact that they brought like a 14 piece string section, but were still playing to a backing track, like they they couldn't bring enough. Like I assume you have a other musicians when you tour why didn't you bring them it was just the whole thing was i found really very funny okay and the fact that they were so my my wife was like these guys are so so cal like the they're right out of the same scene that spawned like green day and stuff in the early 90s turns out they're from ohio (laughs) so that just added Uh, to the comedy for me
1: uh anything i I want to I just want to just just tag in that, you know, as, as we were saying before the show, my wife hates all the music on SNL. She always wants me to fast forward through and she thought it was excellent, just fun. I don't think she's going to buy a, 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 you know, a, a digital track, but uh, she found it to be very entertaining, non-ironically fun, good music.
2: Wow. Honestly, Heathens is a fine song. It's it's totally like I have nothing. I've I have no strong feelings about it either way. It's it's just it is what it is. I don't okay. hate it. Yeah, I would not turn it off if it came on.
0: So you're saying this is a radio act more so than a watch their video on YouTube act.
2: Yeah, although I'm sure they make great videos and <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they also do that well as well. But OK, it just didn't you know, I, I found ways to connect with it and they were <laughs> comedy. That's good. All right, Uh, James. Since we have you here,
0: what do you think about uh, the musical performance of Lin Manuel Miranda? Uh,
2: I felt the same. I was with you. Uh, I was like, "Oh, I bet this is really clever." If you've seen Hamilton, like I was like, "This is good and this is interesting." But there was there there was sort of a two layer reaction in the audience. There were like people who were enjoying it and people who had seen Hamilton who were like really losing their mind over it, and I was like, "Oh." This is one of those things that if I if I see Hamilton and then see this again, I will there will be another layer of enjoyment for me.
0: By the way, yes. Scott Scott St. Pierre says behind the scenes that 21 Pilots has great music videos where they ride tricycles, James.
2: Ooh.
0: <laughs> okay? All right, next week on the show Bruno Mars is coming back but not to host as the musical guest. Are you surprised to see Bruno Mars take a step backwards
2: in the hosting annals? Uh I don't I maybe he's just really concentrating on the performance because uh the last time he was there he he uh really blew out the studio with uh, uh i think one of the first live showings uh, live performances in the nor- in north america of uptown funk so yeah. he has a new record and a new single and uh so he'll be debuting that and uh it should be great i'm looking forward to it
1: rich are you surprised when a host takes the step backwards after they host the show We've seen it with Katy Perry. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's not uh, unusual. It, probably, I would guess James would know better than I. That uh, it probably has more to do with the schedule. That be, in promoting the album, he couldn't commit a full week, which often is, you know, becomes a week and a half to only doing one thing. Uh, so, so I'm not totally surprised. I think that there's a very good chance we will see him do a cameo in at least one sketch. Musically, I will leave it to James and the experts. I so love Bruno Mars. This new song loses that retro sound uh, a lot and is much more urban uh, or contemporary, I guess I should say, and doesn't have that retro feel which i'm uh i'm disappointed in i i so i don't know i'll be interested to see what uh what i think is uh someone who's liked bruno mars a lot through the years
0: all right we'll see how it plays that next week james thank you so much follow james on twitter he's at exclaim editor on twitter and happy thanksgiving james thanks guys all right take care hey. all right Rich, let's talk weekend update. And again, uh, they had a lot of material out of the Access Hollywood leak tape from 2005 to get into on weekend update this week.
1: Yeah, this was like a closer look with Colin and Mike. They they took a little page uh, or a sort of a, this is the John Oliver, our main story tonight. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, they just uh, this just felt like. Just shotgun shells, just every, you know, just shrapnel from all sides. They took every I mean, I couldn't write down jokes that I liked fast enough that just they hit them on every single piece that just coming out. with you know, first when when they you know, when he said it was locker room talk and and Colin says which locker room Penn State, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, like just there's so many fun jokes. I just thought that these guys were having a ball. These jokes were written in 24 hours maximum they turned all these around and it wasn't oh here's the same joke reworded 18 times it was like let's come after the billy bush thing let's do an entire tic tac thing like they just kept coming at it from different ways uh, i think this was my favorite <laughs> jost and chay weekend update bit uh since they started hosting together
0: yeah i really did like the
1: New slogan for Tic Tacs uh, and the (laughs) Beck Bennett read of that. That was very funny. Yeah, it was very funny. Uh, I liked the, you know, when they talk about like, you know, that he's that Trump is concerned that in uh, in sexual assault, bad breath is the problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's like Bill Cosby using a coaster. I thought it was really great. And then the final tag on that about uh, about, you know, hey, Trump, you might be eating too many of those Tic Tacs. I think they're turning your skin orange. It was just such a fun, fun stuff. Really fun.
0: OK, so then we set up Pete Davidson to come in and rich that I thought that Pete Davidson himself was fine, but it's so disconcerting that when we like throw out like some premise that Pete Davidson didn't talk about, and we don't even come close to talking about what Pete Davidson what we said, like, why not just say here's Pete Davidson to talk about even to talk about what he's going
1: to actually talk about. I totally agree. I will give you this, that I at least would rather this which is here's Pete Davidson to talk about X and then Pete says you know what I can't talk about that because my hair and I got to talk for a piece, as opposed to the shoehorn in like oh my God Trump's uh, poles are falling not like it was falling like my hair has been falling into the sink like so at least we acknowledge that we're not going to talk about it but I agree if you're going to talk about a non-topical subject just own it we get it just own it that's what the show does especially with Leslie Jones and Pete Davidson uh we don't need this sort of setup. Uh I like that we took a break from the political commentary. And yes, I, I didn't write anything down. I thought that he was generally fun uh and and you know and, and had some fun ob- observations, but it was really just sort of like, okay, we'll just all right, Pete's doing a thing and and okay, mm-hmm. that's fun.
0: All right. Well then let's talk about the uh, suburban moms from outside of Philadelphia, Denise and Doreen who come in, and it is Tina
1: Fey and Jimmy Fallon debuting new characters, right? We've never seen them play these characters before. To my knowledge, these are new characters. Okay. Yes. And I got to say, maybe SNL world record for longest uh, applause interruption of the comedy. Uh, I could not believe how I mean, and I was just super excited. Don't get me wrong. I was like, this is a great pairing, not a usual pairing to expect. But the, and so the place goes crazy and they just went on and on. I was like, Whoa, OK, guys, let's let's bring it down. It's not John Belusi showing up from the dead to, to do a piece. It's it's, uh, two, you know, it's two cast members. Uh, Jimmy Fallon works two two floor Down, It's not that crazy. Uh, But, you know, they're always great. And uh, I will say for me, I thought this started strong and then more fun than funny. I I don't know Mm -hmm. that I would say this was hilarious. Well, the bit
0: with Jimmy Fallon that uh, that when Tina Fey's character calls him out is that he loves she loves Trump. Uh, that was, that was really, really strong. And just like the way that it took the audience, like a wave of like three seconds to sort of like uh, call back to Trump on Jimmy Fallon a couple of weeks ago, right. the, yeah. that was, that was uh, certainly the highlight in my mind. Uh, but yeah. then, yeah, I did feel like that there were parts that were, you know, it, it was, if it wasn't uh Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon, I think we might've been saying a, a, a boy at times.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, and yeah, very beginning. And even, you know, Faye is so much stronger at this than Fallon. And even when she's like, they ask about who you're going to vote for. And she says, well, I'm torn from a scooter accident. And I was just like, Oh, beautiful, beautiful throwaway line. Uh, The problem with this sketch. And it's like, it just harkens me back to as much as I used to love Fallon SNL, like ultimately couldn't wait for him to retire because he starts breaking and he didn't earn it this is not you know uh, you know this is not uh, um, uh, Stefan this is you know this is not A-level stuff this is this is just like he's just breaking and it's not earned and it's slow it's like but I don't even know what the next joke is like I can't laugh with you because I don't know what's coming and it just felt like it just got I don't want to say interminable because that would be unfair but it definitely just got like oh come on Jimmy you do one Saturday Night Live bit a year you can hold it together <laughs> like just it was just i found it to be more frustrating than fun uh towards the second half of this bit. okay
0: no hoogie for jimmy fallon yeah okay uh rich let's talk about the first sketch after update and again i've had a loss here for the music man sketch
1: yeah uh, this is a hard one I mean this was like okay we're gonna do uh, you know I mean I like that we're gonna do more music because we've got Lynn here Uh, you know we're making reference to now a Wells Fargo scandal that now seems like 16 years ago Uh, it's so even though you know chronologically it's not that old you could have done it last week and they didn't so it did and then to have all the news that came out this week it felt like uh, it was sort of a tough one Um, yeah I I thought it was a good idea, but I think again, only music nerds are going to remember the music man and only news nerds are going to specifically remember the Wells Fargo account scandal. So it felt like, uh, I think Mark said this earlier in the chat room about, uh, it almost felt like, uh, I could see, um, um, uh, uh, Lauren Michael saying, why now? Like, it just felt like you missed the window on this. Uh, and and I don't know that we needed to go to the well. I thought the Wells Fargo. Uh, this is the worst sketch of the night, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I I didn't dislike it. I thought it was well done. I found myself enjoying it, but not laughing at it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know that I would say there was another sketch that I thought was worse than this. So I, I guess by default, I agree with you. All right. Stranger Things season two. Rich, did you watch Stranger Things this summer? I did not. Did, it was the pre-tape before this. Diego calls his mom. Oh yeah, I I sorry, skipped, skipped, I'm sorry.
0: I skipped. I skipped. am sorry. So let's talk about Diego calls his mom, and uh, this was certainly was a wonderfully shot piece, and uh, certainly I, I think hard to watch this and not smile. But I don't know how funny this was.
1: Well, and also this was this was like a Mike O'Brien piece without the payoff. Mm-hmm. Like this was such a wonderful wonderful shot wonderfully written wonderful tone very well performed uh and yet i kept like okay great i don't know why we're watching this what's the payoff going to be i actually thought about stranger things uh during this just i didn't see it but it, it had that kind of sort of uh steven spielberg you know the 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 out in the cornfield with the phone kind of like oh is this sort of be something and then it just sort of ended and so i sort of had a this was by no means an a uh, boy but this definitely was an uh like oh what what, what where did we go with the what, what was the point of this so uh this was this was a probably a swing and a miss but uh but close cuz i i liked everything up until the end when it didn't pay itself off yeah
0: i don't even know if i'd say it was a miss it was just sort of like an art film project and it was interesting and i wasn't hating it when it was on but i don't know where we got to so yeah
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm going to guess that Alex Moffat wrote this since he was the featured player that was featured in it. And as we know, featured players rarely make it into pieces unless they write it themselves. Um, Yeah, I I mean, again, I didn't dislike it at all. I just by the end, I was I I felt empty uh, by the end, sort of not knowing like, wait, why did I watch this? Uh, Even though there was a lot of fun pieces along the way. It's going to look good in somebody's directing reel some point. Yeah, And if this was somebody new, you know, and it's funny, I didn't even see who uh, I should have seen who directed it. Uh, if this was sort of a new writer director piece, uh, you know, trying to sort of take on the the, the Mike O'Brien mantle, uh, maybe this was a good first step towards something that, you know, some interesting pieces that could come later. So at a minimum, I would say it certainly bodes well for down the road on SNL, even if for me, it was uh, it ultimately left me a little cold. Okay. Uh, Rich, did
0: you feel like that it was at all a, the, a political message in terms of where, you know, he is an immigrant coming to the country and then there's the guy telling him that immigrants are taking all of our jobs? Do you think it, it, did it make more sense if you look at it as a sort of like a, a piece that is like a
1: political propaganda? Maybe I mean I did. There was a little bit of that, and we know uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is very big on sort of uh, pushing to get the vote out. uh, You know, uh, because they believe getting more millennials out will help Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. So he's been very. uh, He even put that in the monologue, sort of dropped a specific line in about that. Uh, So could be, it could be. I I I don't know. I I don't have enough uh, info from it to tell, which is in and of itself says something.
0: All right. Well, then let's go into talking about the. Stranger Things season two. So, Rich I'm surprised that you didn't uh, check out uh, Stranger Things I feel like that would have been up um, your alley no 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 no
1: no I am a huge baby when it comes to anything that might be a startle moment I don't even mean that is a startle moment I mean if I'm oh, it's watching it too scary <laughs> oh I will jump out of me I have watched entire episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> with my hands <laughs> over my face uh, even watching the night of there are scenes that I had to watch from the kitchen because my wife is not startled by television my wife is startled from me getting startled by something on TV that is not startling so that startles her it's and then my dogs get freaked out by my wife getting startled by me I'm a huge baby there was no way I was watching Stranger Things Uh, Jen watched it liked it a lot uh, so I was fun to watch this with her I could tell this was well done for what it was but I don't know who Eleven is I don't know the whole premise that the black kid doesn't have parents i obviously don't understand that uh i know jen really enjoyed it did you uh did you i assume you watch stranger things yeah i watched some of it i didn't get to ever finish it i watched the first couple episodes
0: yeah i think that they just check in with the other kids and the, there's like four kids that are sort of friends in the beginning and then you, uh winona Ryder is the mom of one of the kids and they spend time with the families of of some of the other kids but there's one I guess the, the the one kid in the group and I didn't watch enough episodes to remember his name uh, that he uh, they, they never check in with who his parents are. So uh, that was very funny and it's also very funny when the police show up and the, <laughs> they're more scared of the police officer than the monster. Yeah, uh, you know, and- it's, it's it's very funny
1: and that's what i like about a really good sketch is one where even if you didn't see the thing you're parroting the setup was so good so good of like this is how black people would react to this situation even when they're talking about the land of upside down which i had no idea what that was but they set up what it is and they're like and Keenan and leslie are like well it sounds like you're talking about every day for a black person like that you're going to be facing a lot of that uh so i thought even not knowing the show i thought it was very funny uh like that this was actually written by sashir zameda with assistance uh by uh Kristen cheeks a uh, uh, writer on the show but shasir actually wrote this uh which i thought was fun so i thought really fun that they could sort of include even non-fans of the show you're parodying and and get some real fun laughs out of it so especially for this late in the show i thought this was really fun also i like the combo of
0: keenan and leslie jones together as a, i feel like that it's been very few times we've seen them as a couple
1: yes and i thought they did a really nice job they were really fun together okay. yes all right.
0: Uh, that, well, uh, actually, no, yeah, notably uh, when it was the game show of uh, Meet Your Future Wife, uh, I believe that she, she was his wife <laughs> yes. on that.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, Although but, yeah. it brilliantly did not have any lines uh, in the killer part. The look was better than any of the lines. It was very funny. Yes. Uh,
0: OK, so uh, second week in a row, we have a Melania moment. Uh, this one uh, certainly more absurd than last week's Melania moment
1: yeah I actually like this one better than last week and in sure. no disrespect to last week's I thought this was funny but I thought the the absurdity of this just waking up and knowing that her replacement had just been born in rural Latvia was a very sort of fun nod and then her like I've got to go kill her for her sake uh, was just such a great like you know bizarro it are sort of in the bizarro Melania point which I think is great it's really it's just really fun uh, I did think it was interesting that we this season we have not seen Melania we have not seen Seen Cecily's Melania with Alec Baldwin's uh, Donald Trump, probably just because we haven't needed to because there have been such big events along the way. But I hope that before the before Alec goes away, we get to see the two of them together. I think that could be really really funny. But okay. this was definitely a win. Really good. <laughs> yeah, I just that I think that they went to
0: commercial break. Like they come back from commercial break, and they have that, and they go to commercial break again. I think it's too much of a tease.
1: Yes, I agree with you. That's it's true. And we're, we're getting to the end of the night. We're ready to start wrapping it up. OK, uh, and then finally we have the uh, what is this? I guess a uh, World War
0: Two uh, film, yeah. uh, a degree of valor. And I actually I really did like this sketch with uh, with with uh, uh, Lynn is playing the uh, like our army officer and Pete Davidson is trying to tell him uh, first like to go say goodbye to his girlfriend and then uh, a bunch of other errands that he needs him to run.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, again, this is another sketch on paper. After we get the butt plug reference, the rest of it should just be okay. More of same, haha. But. Pete was funny. Lynn was funny. Keenan always Bobby. Very underutilized. Great reaction line. Like, like you know, great. So uh, just in general, I thought this was really funny. This definitely worked better at 1250. If this had been post monologue, I think I might've been saying, oh boy, but here I think it was the perfect way to sort of close out a very silly show uh, with a very silly piece of business. And, uh, and I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Any, any f- photos of you being sassy, Rich? Oh, too many to, to name. There's many <laughs> sassy photos. I think they okay. were all published on the spot back in 1995, <laughs> but no one has to ask me what that means.
0: <laughs> so, within uh, uh, the goodbyes, I know people are very much up in arms. No Alec Baldwin again in the good Come on.
1: Come on. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jimmy can stay. Tina can stay last week. Larry stayed. What do we have to put a chair for you? Like when, uh, like when, uh, you know, so like a rock star hurt, you know, hurt his leg and, and, you know, we have to like wheel you out or something like, come on, Alec. It is a disrespect to the show. (laughs) It's a disrespect to the institution of Saturday night live that you can't hang out and be there. Uh, very frustrating. Other than that, very fun. Lynn looked like he had a great time. Uh, obviously, everyone was super excited to have Jimmy and Tina there. She they were sort of the stars of the uh, of that and, uh, and and fun good nights in general.
0: All right. Just a uh, quick as we are two episodes into season 42. Any broad strokes uh, thoughts on season 42 through two episodes?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, and I will say quick broad stroke about this. Uh, very interesting to note that other a uh, big news story of the week hillary's uh, emails came out uh, about things that she said uh, during wall street things not even addressed once even as an aside in the cold open or in a weekend update which i thought was very interesting that they didn't even throw a anti-democrat joke in the mix in a 90 minute show I, and i'm not reading into anything other that other than saying that was very odd to me of mm-hmm. course trump was going to be the main story but 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 it was odd that we didn't even touch it in Um, fair in fairness
0: on that, though, uh, didn't if I if I'm correct about this, that uh, didn't those leaks also come out on Friday? And we talked about how there was such a scramble to get to all of the Trump stuff on Friday that I don't know if there was also time to scramble to write a bunch of jokes about a the uh, less hot story for a Saturday show.
1: I think that you're right. I'm surprised that they didn't take a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, anytime politics comes up, uh, Lauren is always very clear to say we are not political. We are a comedy show. We make fun of everything equally. I'm surprised someone didn't say, come on, guys, it, it, at lunch today. Let's come up with one weekend update joke slamming Hillary. It's a, fa- just it's a fair a, point. Just- just throw one in just lob one in in the middle so you know between the clown posse uh whatever that was like we could do one Hillary joke and move on so uh anyway small point uh but I would say generally strong beginning to season 42 I'm suddenly sounding so much like Jimmy Pardo in my head because I've been listening to a lot of him lately Um, uh yeah very uh, very strong start I thought this was again not everything worked I thought there were very few absolute clunkers where I couldn't wait for the sketch to end some things really made me laugh some things made me sort of go "Hmm, okay uh but just you know the batting average of the first two episodes very strong obviously buoyed by very strong cold opens because of the timeliness and Alec Baldwin but they have had the goods to sort of carry us through for the most part uh whole episodes which have been great
0: and sorry Richard that you said Jimmy Pardo and in my
1: head I thought you said Don Pardo and uh It was more it, a nod to myself than together. anyone else. Yeah, I, I, yes. just, I heard myself saying more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take it. We have
0: a couple of questions here today. Of course, uh, next week, if you want to get it on the show, hashtag PS Recaps. Even if you send out the tweet before we get to recording the show, we'll get it into the podcast recording. Johnny De Silvera, he was all pumped up. Say it ain't so. We're not going to get Alec Baldwin's emotionless live from New York. All year, like Daryl Hammond's credits. Rich, do you think there's any chance Alec Baldwin will
1: switch gears? I unfortunately think that there's no I don't think you tell Alec Baldwin what to do. And Alec Baldwin is making a choice and he's clearly made his choice. And uh, a bummer for us, because uh, I as much as I'm I I wouldn't trade Alec Baldwin right now for anything. uh, Still not. uh, It just it's just it's just rough. And I think we're in for this for a while. Okay. Uh, Anna Morphew says, do you think that they had something else planned with Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon
0: before the new Trump scandal or did they bring them in just for that skit? It seemed like such a waste. Um, I don't get the sense that they that what uh, Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon were talking about had anything to do with the Trump access Hollywood thing.
1: Yeah, I I actually think it was more about the fact that they were saying it's coming down to as little as undecided voters voters in this one territory. I suspect that uh, they they would have done more about what they thought about the the lines that he said. I think Tina Fey with more time could have written some really funny jokes that uh, we'll see. That I was sort of surprised by that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh- That might might be a spot where Jimmy Fallon, as you pointed to, uh, might be holding her back where we've had Tina Fey come on as, uh, you know, uh, she I believe with Amy Poehler that uh, that her her and Amy came on to talk about like uh, Hillary as a woman. What is what does that mean? Maybe that might have been a better use of her than these characters that they just came up with.
1: I agree. I definitely agree.
0: Okay. Uh, and one other one uh, Josh Mabe, with Hank's hosting making it four weeks in a row, do you think that we'll see a new show each week
1: till the election? Do you think there's any chance that we'll do six straight, right? No, I don't think so. I think that we'll take a week off after Tom Hanks and then. But I don't think they'll take two weeks off. I think they'll come back after one week. I think they're going to burn, burn hard right now uh, and push everybody to do four in a row. And, you know, and by the way, and we'll talk about it next week. But, you know, I'm very interested to see that Hanks show because four in a row, this is going to be a writing staff that is burnt out. And sometimes that can be rough. And sometimes you can get absolutely deliriously hilarious sketches. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll talk more next week about what we could see with Hanks returning. I'm very happy that he's coming back uh, not to take away from first time or Emily Blunt hosting the show to obviously to promote a uh, girl on a train, woman on a bus, whatever that is uh, it should be. Uh, I, I'm, I think she'll be very good as well. Maybe we'll see a, uh, her husband uh, show up uh, for a, a cameo next week.
0: All right. Well, we will see you next week. We'll be back again next weekend to talk about the Emily Blunt, Bruno Mars episode of SNL and whatever other craziness happens tonight. SNL gets sort of a raw deal with the debate being on a Sunday debate uh, probably will be uh, very old news by the time we get to back to SNL this week.
1: I, I agree. I think this is what I said earlier on. This is by the time we get to see uh, Alec Baldwin taking his pass at it, that, you know, it will have been picked over to death uh, by everybody else. Although, you know, we did have, uh, you know, last time, I think it was on a Monday night uh, and then, you know, Saturday Night Live still had a very fun, fresh take. So, so we'll see what happens.
0: Too bad with this election cycle that there's been no news to talk about and there probably won't be anything left for SNL to get to on Saturday.
1: Yes. As as uh, Colin Joe said, this isn't even the craziest thing Trump has said. This is just the craziest thing he has said to Billy Bush while being miked on Access Hollywood. So we got two weeks. A lot can happen. A lot can happen. All right. So fun stuff. Of course, you could follow Rich on Twitter at
0: Rich Tack, And of course, James Keith is on Twitter at Exclaim Editor. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre for getting the show up and running and, of course, editing the podcast version of the SNL podcast, which you can get on iTunes. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. Postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. We do appreciate your feedback and star ratings there as well. Rich, anything else? No, I think
1: we're good. Let's buckle up. Got a, another couple of weeks to go.
0: All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Rich. The show the show's over now. What do you what do you what do you think? Think of what? The episode? <laughs> no, I uh, I was gonna do, uh, we gonna do off mic jokes. Oh right right right, 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 yeah. right. I won't. I will I'll spare you guys. Bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh.